0: Reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1564. Glory to you. Mark 7, verses 14 through 23. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone. And understand this, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. And after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. And are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into the heart, but into the stomach, and then out of the body. Now, in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is, with, it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? I'm having a moment here. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our thoughts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. A long time ago I said to you that um, the lectionary series that we have, we follow a a three-year series. And and it's important because it protects you, the congregation, from me, the pastor, telling you what I think you need to hear. Okay? Now... Um, If I was a good pastor, I would stick to that today, but I'm not going to, and so I am not. However, (laughs) we need to talk. And for those of you just visiting for the first time today, I apologize, this doesn't happen every Sunday, but... I wanted to chat with you about something that came up this week, and last week we had an epistle, and um, if you remember, it was Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. Anyone remember what that one is? It's, uh, wives, submit to your husbands, to your own, or excuse me, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands and as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. I thought there was obey in there because that was what was uh, brought up, right? And and, and, and the crux was um, maybe some people are offended by the thought that um, Paul is saying, Wives, obey your husbands. Oh. Forrest, run. (laughs) Okay, well, I and I actually shared something because my wife Tracy, of 25 years, was not about to say obey in our uh, vows, but her Uncle Sonny and my Uncle Ken, both pastors. convinced her otherwise and she did and I made a joke about that but the fact of the matter is is that Paul finishes this epistle and he says "Um, but I am talking about Christ and the church he's not giving marriage advice to two heathens married to each other and if he is he's not just giving advice to the women because the very profound part of that is men love your wives like Christ loved the church and how much did he love the church gentlemen a lot how much what did he do for the church he died a painful death and yet the church and the people that the bride Christ's bride oh there's another part of that Christ's bride is a rebellious bride, a bride that cheats, an adulterous bride. And yet he still pursues her. Now, in marriage, when we take a man and a woman comes together in marriage, the marriage is, you know, the first time I heard marriage was, uh, well, of course, a little boy is, is holy matrimony. But then as you go along into school and you actually get into the thing called auto shop and you get, they let you, you know, weld, you marry materials together, don't you? You melt them and they blend and they become better or stronger together. They cleave. So if a man and a woman come together, then wouldn't it make sense that they are obedient to each other? right so maybe there is a little bit of advice in there but that is not the point so my problem is or not I don't have a problem I got lots of problems but not with you my my issue is this is that I want to make sure that nobody if you were offended on this whole man above woman kind of thing and if it did hearken back to where the days of men centered you know authority over lording over uh that's not what Paul's point was. And even more than that, Jesus didn't teach that. And you'll remember that Mary and Martha, where, were, where, was, uh, where was Mary sitting when Jesus was teaching? At his feet, right? Was that a place commonly that women in that culture, the Jewish culture, in any of that culture at that time would be sitting? No, it wasn't at all. In fact, the women were outside. There were boundaries everywhere. They had, the women, I think, were a little bit closer than the Gentiles in the synagogue, if you take a look at the schematics on it. But there were barriers blocking off. And so it was a man's world, but not when Jesus came and not what he taught. And certainly, you know, Paul made a few suggestions there, and, and we'll go into that another time. But my point is this it is in our nature, in our fleshly nature, to take offense. At things that we shouldn't take offense to. And, and it is in our nature, in our fleshly nature, to sin. And when we take a look at things at a, in a way that, that my favorite theologian, Gerhard Ferdi, said, when we take a look at things from a theology of glory, there's two theologians he talked about. One is a theologian of the cross, and the other is a theologian of glory. The theologian of glory says the cross is an ends to a mean or a means to an end. How about that? I can't even say it right. A mean to the end, right? And it helps me to get to glory. But while I'm going to glory, and for those of you at home, I'm making really spastic-looking movements across the nave here, but ah. Uh, That's wrong because a theologian of glory says that I need to come to church and I need the pastor to make me feel good about myself and encourage me and I need a pastor to to focus me into ministry that will, you know, give glory. It's a a means to an end. But, but, But between the time that a theologian of glory will say, I chose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, No, you didn't. Thank you, Jewel. You're going, no, you didn't. He chose you before you were ever born. A theologian of glory says, there's something I must do. It's Jesus plus me. A theologian of the cross, however, says, the cross and Jesus hanging on it is the end. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Jesus Christ hung on there. The first thing he did was ask the Father to forgive those that they did not know what they do. And at the very finish, he said, It is finished. The end. A theologian of the cross says and knows that I, myself, me, myself, and I, I'm addicted to sin. And so are you. I need to point that out. You know, one of the old pastors, never pointed at people and say you're, you know, this. But I'm doing it. At Me first. There's three fingers pointing back at me. Left at my own, I will sin. That is just my nature and yours too. However, when Christ said it was finished, It was finished. So a theologian of the cross looks at it as, okay, I'm dead with Christ. My sins were hung on that cross with Christ. It is an end. And the end is good because I was resurrected a new person like Christ. And I need to remember that and remember my baptism every single day. Because just like that joke that I make, it's like, Lord, I haven't sinned, and I've been real good, but I'm about to get out of bed. Right? You can't help but sin. I can't help but sin. I am no different than you, a sinner, a miserable sinner in need of a Savior. Amen? So, I'm offended by the Bible because it says, women, Obey your husbands. That's sin. Another part that I want to talk about. I was asked if um, I was a literal reader of the Bible. And I knew what it meant, but I kind of didn't know what it meant. And so I said, I think I am a literal reader of the Bible. Because I take Christ at his word when he said, this is my body given for you. I take him at his word that this is my blood shed for you. I literally believe the Bible is true in the unerrant word of God. I literally believe that the Bible is true and needs to be believed because it says that Christ resurrected. And it says that he came and walked amongst people. Not just a few, hundreds Hundreds. And so my question would be, because some of you may be thinking, well, there's some parts that are a little, okay, will you share with me those parts someday? Can we come together, and if there's enough of us, can we come together and have a class and go through the Bible and discuss what parts are not literal and what parts are because I, I sense that it is either all true or not. I sense that we are to take it at, at his word as it's written or it's not. If God raised his son, Jesus Christ, from the dead, then he wouldn't have any problem putting together a little book using men. If God created the universe by speaking it into Existence then he wouldn't have a trouble with a little book, with a little book, whether man got involved in it or not. OK, so let's talk about um, let's get back to the lectionary, Pastor Ken, because we, we need to get moving, and I, and I agree. Jesus is pointing out that um, it's not what's outside a man. That is um, filthy or unclean. It's what's inside of a man that comes out. And he goes through that list, and I read through it really fast on purpose. But it just shows the depravity of where you and I are, and that we're breaking the Ten Commandments. We're not keeping the Ten Commandments. And that Without Christ, the very best that we could do, and the Pharisees at the time could do, was to pay lip service. They honor me with their lips. It's what's inside that causes the problem. And that's what the whole point of being a theologian of the cross is. It's the recognizing that I am walking dead. Dead. In the flesh. That that I am a sinner and will be until the day that I take my last breath or my life goes out with a sigh. And that's what happens. I've witnessed it. We go out with a sigh. So much for dramatic ends, out with a sigh. He did it all for you, his bride, his love. He did it for you in spite of the sin that you have committed and the sin that you will owe and commit, and that I will too. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for loving me so much when I was rebellious, when I was adulterous against you, Father, when I was no different than the Egyptians that manna, manna, manna. They were disobedient to Moses. You're not the boss of me. You might have gotten us out of Egypt, but this is a new era. This is a new time. That whole, you're the leader stuff, we've all been kind of grumbling about it, and we don't think it should be anymore. So on the inside, we are warring against this pride. Rather than just accepting, and as I've said before, remember this, we preach and proclaim Christ and him crucified, period. What parts of the Bible should be taken literal? Literal. Christ and him crucified, period. Every jot and tittle in the Bible points to Christ and him crucified, period. Period. Even the last part points to Christ and him crucified and him coming back, period. I got a feeling I'm not making you feel very good because I'm seeing some faces out here. that Some are going, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the good, 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 good news. And that is today, we're going to come up together and hold hands at, at the table. You've been invited to the feast. And Christ promises to be at that table with you, in and on, above and below those elements. You get a taste of Christ. It comes over your lips, and it washes you clean. True body, true blood. That's what he said. He is in those things. It imparts his grace unto a sinner like me and like you. It matters and it means everything. And it is literally life-giving. Or at least that's what the Bible says. The audacity of obedience. That's something that someday I'm going to write about that. Like it's audacious to, to be in obedience. I mean, look at the streets. Look at people. You're not the boss of me or, you know, all of the people that just, you can't tell me what to do. Now, that's just in our nature, our sinful nature. And I'm here to tell you, He loves you anyway. And He's bringing you back to Him each and every time you take that communion. He's brought you back. You are baptized. You are clothed in Christ in your baptism. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Happy? What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, you're all grown up, and he adopted you, and he clothed you, and you are his, so you should be happy. All right. Amen? In the name of Jesus.